Hello and welcome to the Marks Ish Brothers podcast. My name is Joseph. I am Cam. And with I'm, us today I'm, is our our guest. Please, guest, introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Hunter. Uh, and uh, I'm a friend of theirs. Yes. Uh, and if you would like to tell us your top four movies on Letterboxd, what are your four oh, favorite movies? Wow. I'll bring that up real quick. I uh, I know Nocturnal Animals is definitely up there. Nice. Uh, I got probably her. Yep. Classic. Mm-hmm. Parasite and Clue. I love Clue. Clue is such a good movie. It's a classic. Have you seen it, Cam? I have. I've seen it. Okay, yeah. Was that like a couple of Halloween's? Like recently in the last couple years I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It's so good. I I love that movie a lot. It's it's perfect. It was on Prime and now it's not. I definitely need to get the Blu-ray of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anyways, that brings me into my first bit of news. Uh, which we're going to jump right into, and that is, uh, did any of you see that uh, 12 Angry Men is getting a new 4K release? I did not, but that's hype. That movie is amazing, and I'm that's glad I've watched it now since you have shown it to me. Yes. And yeah, I'm really, really excited for that. I'm very excited. It has like some really good uh, bonus features, and uh, I mean, it's a great movie. Have you seen that one, Hunter? Uh, no, I've, I actually was... Meaning to watch it just the other day, I ended up watching something else. But uh, yeah, I've been I've been meaning to. My, Definitely, rec- uh, my girlfriend it. she watched it at school, uh, like last week or something like that, and I was like, ooh, I gotta I gotta see that one. You really do. Is it, sorry, is it through Criterion? No, it's through a different place <laughs> okay okay because i know criterion has the blu-ray because i have it yeah it's I think it's still sealed actually but that's when i, I want to open again yeah or open yeah but no it's great um anyways uh there's also been a bunch of new movie trailers which have come out um i think i have like four sort of favorite ones but did you ha- uh, guys watch any of the trailers that have come out recently um, I watched, I, watched yeah, so, uh, I think, most of the trailers that have been coming out, except for uh, Spider-Verse, because I heard that it had, uh, it showed a bit too much. That is a problem with some trailers. Cam, how about you? Yeah, I watched the first half of the Spider-Verse trailer, and I'm like, I'm going to pass. Because it's like, I, I, I don't like to watch movies, uh, trailers of movies I know I'm going to see, besides mm-hmm. the first trailer. I'm like, if, if I'm in a theater and it plays, okay, whatever. But like, I don't go out of my way to watch but budget because because I, I see so much Sony movies in in theaters, so like they're they're gonna play regardless. Like I've seen the first trailer for Spider Verse, I think like, like ten times long just by being in, in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, um, the one I was most excited for was Blue Beetle. Honestly, like it looks like a, a, a breath of okay. fresh air in DC. A like Jaime Reyes is one of one of my favorite characters in comics, and like was one of the first characters I really got got into when I was younger reading comics. So. That's exciting for me personally. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, do you? Uh, so I, I have like four favorite ones. So um, Asteroid City, like the new Wes Anderson movie. Oh yeah. I thought that trailer looked really good. The cast is like crazy. It's like it, everyone it's famous. <laughs> it looks wonderful. I'm very excited for that one. Uh, the next one is Barbie. Mm. I'm assuming you have all seen that trailer. Oh yeah, banger. Also looks really interesting. I'm not sure what to expect going into it, but we'll we'll see what happens. 
Uh, the next one, the, uh, the new Indiana Jones movie. I wasn't a huge fan of this one. I thought it looked a little, uh, I don't know, not my I, thing. I, I thought it was showing a bit too much, so I turned it off like a bit, partway through. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to watch yeah. this. I, I just, I'm all right. Yeah. I mean, I only have really enjoyed two out of the four Indiana Jones movies, so I wasn't like as excited about this one. But like, it seems important in the sense that it's probably going to be one of uh, Harrison Ford's last movies. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see yeah. what happens with that one. Uh, and then my my last one that I was sort of was interested by is uh, Bo is Afraid, which is the new Joaquin Phoenix A twenty four movie. Do you have you see that one? I uh, I haven't watched that trailer yet, actually. Uh, that's the new Ari Aster movie, I think. Yes, probably. I don't I don't remember who the director is, but <laughs> yeah. uh, it just looks really interesting. It the trailer's like super trippy, and uh, I'm really excited about. It. I think it's gonna be a good one. Uh, did you two have any trailers that you want to discuss or that really caught your attention? Yeah, Barbie was looks looks really interesting. Um... The thing that caught my eye the most was the directed by Greta Gerwig, written by Noah Baumbach. I know they're they're a couple, and they're and they're both great great filmmakers in their own right. Mm-hmm. So that that's very very intriguing. Plus, like Ryan Gosling looks great. Alan played by Michael Sarah. He's already one of my favorite characters ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen one, one one shot, but you know, he's my <laughs> ride or die. I love Michael Sarah. Uh, this is a little tangent, but I'm recently watching or rewatching Arrested Development, and Dang he's it. amazing. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyways, keep on going, Cam. Yeah, and that's all I, all I really had to say. That one looks really in- interesting. That's gonna be a fun weekend of uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie back to back. So, a great double feature. Yes, <laughs> it'll be something. Uh, Hunter, do you have any trailers that you also want to highlight, or not really? Um. I don't. Uh, I feel like there was something that I saw. Uh, I, I can't think of anything though specifically now. All right. Well, if you, if it comes back to you, just let us know and we'll we'll talk I'm about sure it. Sure to do that. Yeah. Um, Cam, you said you had some more news as well. Uh, yeah. So in news that is real, real important to me and probably no one else, uh, Paddington Three, Paddington Goes to Peru has a production start date, which is July this year. So it's in three months. So that's exciting. Um, wait, 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 was it this year or 2024? I forget. <laughs> anyway, it's, it has a production date because that one didn't really have a date for a while. Obviously, no, no release date yet. But I also prefer to hear a production date before I hear a release date because that way, like, you know, you know what's happening. That's fair. So, yeah. Because, like, he sounds like, oh, man, it's a, it's a year to some movie and I haven't heard anything about production. So, yeah, so it's nice to have that date set. So, and I think Ben Wishaw is back as, as P-Dog, Paddington Bear. So, uh, that's exciting. So, that's my import, important slash fun, fun stuff. This Paddington 3 is filming in a few months. So, no, yeah, well, there you go. Um, I have some, some sad news. Uh, and that is uh, Bill Butler, who is the cinematographer uh, on Jaws. He recently passed away. Um, and he, he was 101, so he lived quite a while. But, uh, I mean, Jaws is a classic. Have you either, both of you seen Jaws, I'm assuming, probably? Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen all of it. 
I have not. <laughs> I own it. I haven't watched it yet. So wow, disappointed. I know. I know. But I mean, the cinematography is like part of what makes it such a such an endearing classic. So oh. uh, definitely sad to see him die, but also he's been around for a long time. So that's celebrate that's fair. The, celebrate the life and art he lived. That's exactly when you, and, when, uh, when you live that long. It's less of a tragedy. It's more of like a celebration. Like hey, he did a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then I think you also had some Star Wars news, Cam, right? Yeah, so, I mean, the whole Star Wars production slate's always off and on. You never know what's going what's going to happen. So, there's a few things. So, first, we're going to start with negative first. Um, Ryan Johnson's trilogy is no is no longer on the slate. It's not, not, they're not talking about it. They're not working on it at all. So, I'm very sad because... Last Jedi is one of my favorite Star Wars movies, and one of my favorite movies. Period. Like it's second only to um, Empire, and well, it's a show, but Andor. Like it's up there, really high for me. So it's very good. What did you think of the Last Jedi Hunter? I uh, I think it's great. I, I love it. Okay, um, that's the correct think, opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think m- most of the people who, you know, if if you're if you're still like actively hating on that movie in the year 2023 like i don't know come on <laughs> grow and change as a person please <laughs> exactly like it, come on like for for what reason C- cite your reasons i i don't agree yeah i uh that that's like the movie i saw the most in theaters i saw it three times in theaters i really mm-hmm. like that movie yeah it's it's just uh i didn't i didn't love it when i first saw it but it, each time i watch it it's just it's just better yeah, I just love the the final battle scenes and like that oh, that planet is just so awesome. But yeah, anyways, going back to the news. But yeah, Ryan Johnson being out is very sad. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, the Ahsoka series. Okay, well, I guess I want to talk about series. This is a film podcast. Uh, yes. Uh, let's talk. Uh, so James Mangold is doing a movie supposedly on the first Jedi. It's being described as a biblical epic. In the style of Ben Hur and like and the Ten Commandments, that's exciting because James Mangold makes good movies usually. Yeah, um, I don't think any of his are bad, but they're all varying stages of good, so that's good. Um, and like I'll, it's good for I'll be d- 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 it's good for Disney to hire like a good filmmaker because I feel like Disney's just hiring no nobodies they can just control. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Plus, sorry, one more thing: James Mangold also tapped to write to write and direct Swamp Thing. For, for DC. So he's doing a lot right now. Cool. I'm down. Busy so. man. Busy man. Uh, next thing. Oh. Um, I forgot her name. But someone is doing the the post the post Ray 15 years in the future movie. Uh, Charmaine. Obeyed something. Yeah. Ch- Chinoy. Other last name. Yeah. Chinoy. Yeah. But no, yeah, uh, I I was somewhat shocked to see that Ray was going to be back. But I think that could be interesting. What are, what are your two thoughts on that? Um, I, I think it's good for them to do more for uh, Daisy Ridley after uh, all the hate she's gotten. <laughs> That's fair. I think it's yep. good to see a, a continuation for that character, as little as I actually have interest in watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Cam, what about you? Yeah, it gives an opportunity to, ret- to retcon a, re- a retcon. Uh, 
Because <laughs> making her a Palatine was probably the worst thing that J.J. Abrams has done as a writer, which is saying the same quite a, quite a bit. Um, but like, they can, they they can there there's there's a lot there with, with the character that they can add, and her trying to start a new Jedi, Jedi order. Um, yeah. So and that'll be interesting. Uh, the last movie movie that they announced was, uh, I guess this is also negative. Well, for me, um, uh, Dave Dave Filoni directed Mandoverse conclusion. They said, <laughs> so I don't like the word Mando Mandoverse because it, it it that that doesn't that doesn't appeal to me in any way. That's kind of a cringe, uh, <laughs> a cringy word. Yeah, yeah, because like Mandalorian, I I, I I I haven't watched all of. All of this season that they that they've released yet, but I've seen like a few a few episodes, and it's like it's totally lost the whole appeal of like <laughs> a dad a dad and son bounty hunting together. It's real weird. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was I was kind of on board with where it was going, but <laughs> I I just finished watching the other uh, the most recent episode, and it was oh with Lizzo and Jack Black. <laughs> it was it was hard to sit through. <laughs> I, I watched some clips on Twitter, and I was like, I'm okay without watching that, actually. I've got only so many <laughs> yeah. minutes in the day, and I, I don't really want to waste it on this. It's like, remember in season one when they had, like, Greg Fraser, like, Oscar-winning Greg Fraser, like, being a DP? Yeah. Like, <laughs> man. I, I don't know. It, I, I just, like, I don't know. It's just gone downhill. Like, even just, like, the prowess of him just, like, walking in the water and just, like, falling <laughs> <laughs> to like yeah. his death it's I, so stupid <laughs> I, was, I, I thought it was like gonna be like a really nice uh it was kind of like framing it like a nice little religious experience for him and then it's kind of undercut by <laughs> oh you actually just <laughs> die man fall down water <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah i don't know it just seems to have lost its understanding of the character which mm-hmm. is disappointing because, like, the first two seasons I really enjoyed. I mean, specifically, mm-hmm. the first season was, like, just really good. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel as though it doesn't really need a movie, but I guess that's where we're at. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting choice. Anything they can do to make some more money, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Money! Uh, was there anything else announced uh, in terms of movies? Uh, that was all, like, shows and stuff, like the Ahsoka series and all that. But, like, I don't Skeleton Crew? Yeah, that series... Which has a banging directing team. <laughs> it does, but like, yeah. But also John Watts, so. <laughs> I guess we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> the, the one time we'll see a John Watts and Daniels collaboration. <laughs> and probably the only time that we need to as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. That's, <laughs> and, and that's all, all for news I have. So um, I have one more. That I, I a piece of news I, I again find kind of strange, but there's a live action Moana in the works. Nope, oh. I don't want to talk about that. With uh, like I don't know, it just seems so stupid that like just seven years after its release, they're like, yeah, let's do a live action. That seems that seems good. It it's bananas. It is it is really it's it's really hard to see. And yeah, of course, I, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is going to be his his character, which is interesting, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I like Moana is <laughs> one of my favorite animated movies, and it uses the animation medium so well. It's a beautiful film. Like it, it's just amazing. It, it, it's a piece of cinema, frankly, and because an- animation is cinema, as Guillermo del Toro once said. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm tired of just making movies so that they can get a live action re- remake. Like, like, what's the point? Just just make movies in live action then. Yep. 
pretty much. Like, it's, it's I don't still, know. Yeah. I, I, I really hate, like, the whole Disney, like, let's just make everything live action, all of our animated movies. Because, like, the whole sort of magic of those movies is that they're animated. And then you try to make them live action, just kind of loses the feeling that you get from the animation. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Just, but uh, it's a little frustrating. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like, I'm seeing, like, a, 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 a live action, like, Wally. It's like, it's already, like, a pinnacle of, a, of animation. Why the heck would, would you do that? Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Disney being cringe challenge. Well, Easy. well yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, anyways, that's been our, our news. But how about we get into the movie of the week, which is not from the past decade, but from, was it, 2006? 2006, yep. Uh, anyways, Children of Men, Cam, hit us with some fast facts and an intro to this movie. Children of Men was released in 2006, uh, directed, directed and edited and written, co-edited, co- co-written and directed by Alfonso Cuaron, um, great director, based off a uh, work by P.D. James. The movie has five credited writers, plus Clive Owen made contributions on set. Um, it was shot by Emmanuel Lubeski, who's now known for working with Spielberg. Uh, it had a budget of seventy-six million and grossed seventeen point five million, so it didn't make 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 its budget back. It was nominated for no uh, nominated for three Academy Awards for best best adapted screenplay, cinematography, and be, and best film, film film editing. It won none, so that's great. Definitely uh, a missed opportunity because this is a great movie. Uh, Hunter, have you had you seen this movie before watching for this podcast, or is this your first sort of experience? This was uh, this was my first watch. I it's it's one that I was looking to watch, so I was I was really pleased when uh, Cam asked me to come watch. It was uh, it was great. There you go. That's a good <laughs> that's a good intro. Uh, uh, me and Cam originally watched this for the first time to discuss on this podcast like two years ago. We recorded a podcast, and it's somewhere. I don't know where it is. So we are. <laughs> re-recording it yeah it's somewhere it's it's on my laptop hard drive somewhere probably uh probably with bad audio or uh, i just forgot about it either way we are re-recording this episode um (laughs) uh do you guys want to do anything spoiler free or should we just kind of discuss it all in spoilers since this is like over a 10 year old movie yeah it's old plus like it's yeah i i I can go full spoilers like it's pretty like bare bones plot, there's a lot to it. So like, I mean, we can't explain anything without not spoiling it. Pretty much. Yeah. So before you listen to this, just go watch the movie because it's amazing. It's short, uh, hundred nine minutes. Like it's less than two hours. It's, it's fast paced. It's oh yeah, it's it great. Just blast by. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so kind of like a little little intro or like description of this movie so basically the premise is that uh, a disease or some sort of thing has made it so that there's been no babies since 2009 and this takes place in 2027 Uh, and because of that kind of everything is destabled and uh, this movie kind of focuses around the UK where there's some sort of semblance of security so there's a lot of refugees and the government hates refugees so they stick them in camps And uh, we follow along uh, Clive Owen's character as he uh, discovers that there's one person who is a refugee who is pregnant and he has to try and get her to a, a safe place to have this baby. Um, 
yeah anyways uh initial thoughts uh comments that you want to make about this movie either one of you Andrew, go, go ahead um it, it it's beautiful there are uh just such uh such it's so gray but it's used in such a visually pleasant way like it it, it just feels right Mm-hmm. It's not uh, uninteresting to look at. Uh, very, very true. I love the the long takes. Just so many, so many wonderful, very long takes that are really impressive and must have been nuts to accomplish. Yeah, Cam, did you say that this uh, was nominated for cinematography, or was it not? It was. Uh, it, uh, let me pull up the thing here. Uh, yeah, cinematography, editing, and, and screenplay. Okay, well, that's good, because this definitely has amazing editing and amazing cinematography, so that, that, that's good. Anyways, Andre, if you have anything left to, to say, sorry for cutting you off there. Um, all good. Um, the performances were also all great. Um, love Clive Owen. Wonderful wonderful guy he's he's so he's just a, a goofy guy in this movie <laughs> he, he like he stumbles around into stuff and it's it, me and cam were having a having a good laugh <laughs> yeah he's definitely not the most graceful of guys in this <laughs> in yeah. this but i mean hey sometimes you gotta follow someone who isn't perfect because that's real life baby yep. yeah also michael kane amazing in this robbed robbed for, for, for best supporting actor agreed True. It's yeah, he's amazing. He plays a great sort of uh, Lennon, not Lennon. Uh, what's his face? Yeah, like so. The Michael, Beatle guy. Michael Caine based his performance on his experience with John John Lennon. Right. Sorry, I was thinking of uh, Vladimir Lennon, not uh, <laughs> John Lennon. <laughs> um, yes. Yes, John Lennon. He, he, Vladimir, <laughs> Vladimir and John Lennon. Best yeah, yeah. Just so you know, sh- shooting up uh, czars and all, all that fun stuff. Uh, which, I mean, does bring me uh, back into sort of the, the Marxist angle of this, mm-hmm. uh, since we are the Marxist Brothers podcast. Uh, I would like to definitely discuss some of the politics of this. Um, but for sort of a, a, a back story on this, so, so like this was based off of a book, which was actually originally sort of like a right-wing christian book i don't know if you guys knew that i did not i did not but it was like uh i'm not sure if you noticed but like there's a lot of like sort of biblical imagery in this yep like yeah like where uh like it's revealed that uh um oh what's her name uh key well like where like it's real like he is pregnant it's like very supposed to be like uh, Mary, mother of Jesus, sort of like with her being yeah. like the the barn uh, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, anyways, like, so like this was originally written by uh, what was his name? Uh, James. Thank you, Peter James. So he was actually an Anglican preacher, uh, and it, it's supposed to be sort of more of a. Uh, uh, I, I, the book is like a lot more sort of faith based and looking at like almost like sort of like a biblical revelation uh, sort of topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to see it like this, like where it takes that sort of biblical aspect and puts it into more of a uh, sort of Marxist, I wouldn't say full on Marxist, but uh, it definitely takes the idea um, of like it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism. It's kind of the, the tagline that I think fits this movie kind of perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like 
it is the end of the world and they're still you know chugging through with capitalism baby it's uh the perfect system don't you know <laughs> um but like like uh the the director like uh uh, uh thank you he like growing up uh was apparently tied to like marxist groups but he he, he himself said like this was somewhat of a work of uh, ideology but like he's he was just trying to kind of uh, adapt the book in like his own sort of view and it kind of ends up with the sort of like sort of leftist view of what the end of history is uh, under capitalism mm-hmm. but anyways that, that's sort of my, my, my rant on the topic but what do you guys have to think about that or what do you uh, have to add yeah we had a good we had a good thought while we were while we were watching is you know it's just dystopian when Britain is the pinnacle of, of society <laughs> it's, it's yeah it is a that's a dire sign of the times. I mean, it was at one point, so for it to be back, that is a little scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I love just how political it is, and how it predicted so much about like current right wing ideologies when it comes to like Brexit and immigration and refugee stuff, and like, so like for me, like, like personally, like I have family who are like who have. Who adopted me? We even adopted them as family. So, like, I can't imagine a world where refugees are just not just put in camps and killed by police. Like, by the just, state, yeah, yeah, by by the state. Like, it's just really shocking and scary that that happens places and that happens in this movie. And it's just, it's very dire. Yeah, well, even like like it's it sort of brings up like sort of the war on terror esque of the of the day, and just mm-hmm. like the idea that you need to like other people. And what I found like uh, really interesting too was how like uh, was the fishes like even though they are a leftist group, they kind of are also the bad guys, which kind of shows. Uh, oh, don't mind me. There's a someone speeding by me. Uh, <laughs> it shows how like it is kind of a liberal movie in the sense that like oh the the state's bad but so are these these leftists uh which i thought was kind of interesting that it, it does kind of put like a more individual individual yeah individual we, aspect to it Can't we, love, we, we love some lefty infighting yeah yeah a classic <laughs> depiction of uh a tale as old as time pretty much um so i thought that was that was interesting and it definitely ends on a on a very sort of dire and d- depressing note at least if you read it that way um anyways yeah i've been talking a lot what do you two have to say i think it's both sad and hopeful because like obviously it's sad because spoiler alert uh theo dies um but he does his, but he, he does he does his quest he is presumably okay you, you hear the sound of babies babying babbling etc <laughs> so like presum- presumably the baby gets to have a good life and live and all that. So for that, for that angle, it's happy, but or, or it's ho- hopeful in some way. Obviously, there's still, they're, they're still the whole government and the world kind of being up in the air. But, like, for immediate, the baby, the baby and Key are probably safe. That's. Yeah. For thing. now. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Hunter, how about you? I, I think, uh, I'd say it, it it is it does have that yeah it has that mostly uh, positive note to end on but it, there is a bit of a setup to the idea that while 
they could use the baby for good with these groups. Uh, there's also the risk always of Key and the baby being exploited for other per other people's nefarious deeds or whatever they intentions they have. Mm -hmm. Which, uh, you know, there, it, it leaves you thinking that you know, there, there's hope, but it could be tainted. False hope, yeah. Yeah, mm. no, that's a good point. And, uh, yeah, I don't I, I think I do really like, like, sort of the political message of this movie. I find it very interesting. Uh, obviously, like I, I was sort of stating, I don't find it perfect, but I think it's one of the more challenging movies of the past, like, 20 years in terms mm. of uh, uh, what it's discussing and how it depicts it on screen. Uh, but to move to kind of like uh, lighter topics, um, I do want to just like sort of mention all like the sort of amazing cinematography and set pieces that they that they use in this movie. Mm. Um, you were mentioning earlier, Hunter, but like the, sort of like the the like the sort of one takes kind of that were happening. But yeah. uh, sort of like the the main one that's like the most memorable is uh, very close to the the beginning when uh, arguably one of the biggest names of the cast uh julianne moore is killed mm -hmm. uh that whole one shot <laughs> yeah that whole one shot like is amazing and like while it is like edited it's just it's put together so well that it looks phenomenal and then also at the end like with the baby when like uh, it's been delivered and they are like walking through and everyone's kind of just like whoa like there's actually like a living child uh, yeah. that that sort of one take is also quite powerful and just like mm -hmm. the way that like this is all like done in kind of like a shaky cam which I usually don't like especially if you watch like the uh, was it the fourth Jason Bourne movie where it's like all shaky cam yeah well this is, use a shaky cam it makes it almost more documentarian in the sense that like it puts you right into the middle of the action it makes you feel a lot more and I think that this is sort of a, a prime example of how you should use uh, shaky cam Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think this is like sort of a masterclass in filmmaking in the cinematography sense. But uh, what do you two have to say about that? Uh, Cam, you can go first. Yeah, again, it's super well shot. Like Lubezki is one of probably like he's not like one of the best. Like he, I don't know, he he is one of the best cinematographers working. He's done a lot of good stuff. He shot. Did he do what's that story? No, he didn't. Okay, <laughs> well, he didn't. Tree of Life, this one. He's worked with Terrence Malick a, a, a couple times. You have Birdman. Like, I love Birdman. Bird, Birdman's. Huh. Also a Mexican filmmaker with uh, Inuritu, so that's cool. Um, yeah, I love, like, I mean, as a as a Christian boy, I do love the, the biblical imagery. Like, the whole, like, um, Key and Theo and the baby, like, walking through the the... Not the desert, but like the through that wasteland of Bexhill to the boat is very biblical of like of like Joseph, Mary, and the baby like running from from running 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 from Herod was very, mm -hmm. was it came to my head. So like yeah, it, it uses Christian imagery really well, and like I also just love like how each character like the movie does exposition so well, and each character like. Like, it does do tons of exhibition, but it gives you enough to know the characters. Like you, you know that Theo was a former activist, and, and you know that him, that and him and Julian Moore's kid died. 
Yep. And that's why he's a little more, dep- more, more, more depressed, chain-smoking all the time, drinking, smoking weed, just doing his daily capitalism or work, 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 made, made, made a little magic for the government type thing. Like, he just, yeah. Can you imagine working for, like, the like in the bureaucracy of the government while, like, the world's ending? That'd be terrible. Yeah, he's very much like a... Like, he's set up at first to be, like, just a a generic guy he's just he's just some dude but uh there there is definitely a lot more to him that you see develop and uh it it, it makes him a lot more interesting and mm-hmm. yeah and, and going back to, to, to my, my marxist analysis of that um because of course but it, it definitely kind of delves into the idea that like uh he isn't necessarily a spectacular individual but he kind of just was like there and like he was just the person that because of like the products of his sort of past he was able to do this not because he was some special person but just because he had sort of the 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 the, i don't know the building up and like the sort of history and he was just in the right place right time kind of thing and that's why he was able to do this not because he was the hero per se if that makes sense mm-hmm. definitely one of the better examples of a, like a passive protagonist where like he doesn't instigate anything with this movie yeah it yeah. all happens around him and key like like the only, the only thing that he, he instigates is leaving the leaving the, the fish's base and that's just because he's uh self-preserving yeah. himself because he doesn't want to yeah. get killed <laughs> and key like he he's like hey like we need to go now or else uh, yeah so like like yeah, but anything that happens to him, like even like like the TV even like kill anybody in this movie, like, like one person maybe. Oh oh yeah, with the with the with the. Cast <laughs> he yeah. bonks that guy. <laughs> he does. He bonks him. Bonks him real good. As you should. Yeah. But like, doesn't like do anything super heroic. Like he bat he he bonks the guy on the head out of necessity. All the ha- all the action happens around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very very good passive protagonist material. Yeah. Uh, overall, just a really good movie. Score, amazing. Great score mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Really appreciate John that. Tavener. John Tavener did the, was the composer. Uh, and, yeah, just overall really good set pieces. I think a lot of it was filmed, like, relatively practically, and you can definitely tell, like, in, like, the grounded approach to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, 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 way, the way they set up, specifically, like, uh, when they're leaving the fish's base, I just love the the build up to it like as they get there they they mention the the car needing a running start so then mm-hmm. as they're leaving and you see them getting into that car and it's like oh they're they're getting they're in a car but they still gotta they still <laughs> gotta get that engine going and it's mm-hmm. it they it, they build the tension so good that's so like well. pretty it's, much like silent then too like in terms of score and you're just like yeah. you just hear like the boots on the in the mud kind of thing and oh, you're, you're like stressed out you're like ah what, what's happening yeah uh, no, that, that's a great scene. Definitely one of one of the top ones in this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, overall great movie. I really hope that this comes out with a uh, either like a newer Blu-ray or like a 4K release for like the 20th anniversary, which is coming up in like three years. Yeah, because like I got a Blu-ray from, from the exchange, and it, it was like like one of the it, it looks like like it was one of the first Blu-rays ever made. <laughs> yeah, you got your your double pack. 
Yeah, it, this one and uh, Re- Repo Man starring uh, Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker. What what so, a combo. <laughs> haven't watched that one yet. Do I plan on it? Not really. But I, I came for Chonin Men, and that's what I got. So. Yeah, so I, I really hope, I would love to see this in 4K. I think it would look gorgeous. And it's just like a great movie that I really want to own because it's amazing. Um, anyways, uh, I think that's... Criterion. Yeah, hopefully, one day. Anyways, I think that's all the thoughts I have. Do you two have any more thoughts? I think that's about it for me. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's about it for me. All right, so our rating system is uh, out of thumbs. So uh, two thumbs up is like the perfect movie. Zero thumbs up is the worst movie, and anywhere in between is what you think of it. So uh, I'm going to give it two thumbs up because this is the perfect movie to me. Yeah, I'm going to give it two thumbs up too. It's one of my favorite. It's on my four, one of my four favorites on Letterboxd. So. Same here. Yeah, there's uh, there's nothing you can really change about this movie it's just it just works so well it's it's got to be the both thumbs high to the sky there you go perfect uh anyways that's been our review of children of men uh let's start with you hunter do you have any recommendations for this week um recommendations it did just get taken off of uh criterion channel uh not sure where else you can watch it but uh the house of the devil is a great spooky movie it's uh lightning fast really uh great tension uh love love to see it great nice great movie i watched perfect cam uh i'm just looking to movies i have on my immediate desk uh the nice guys by shane black nice it's uh, uh, it's one of my current movies I was going to rewatch today, but I'm gonna watch something else. But yeah, it's a very good movie. So definitely there you go. recommend. Uh, and I want to recommend the new Netflix TV show Beef. Ooh. It's so good, great cast. It's a, it's an A24 show, uh, starring uh, starring Stephen uh, Yun and Ali Wong. Ooh, that. So great cast. Basically, the premise is that. Uh, these two people get into a road rage instant, and they try to ruin each other's lives. And uh, it's a nice sort of ten-episode uh, miniseries, and it's great. It sounds like a Banshees of in- Inisherin, but like more. Sure, <laughs> we'll say that. Um, sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so okay, sorry, I recommend that. One more. One, one more re- re- recommendation. It's Sunday, so it's so it's Bullet Train Sunday. So that's one of my. Someday you will watch Bullet Train on Sunday. My, my hot take is I hate Bullet Train. Oh, okay. Well, it's Bullet Train Sunday. You can't say, say that. Well, I just did, so... <laughs> no, no slander allowed on Bullet Train Sunday. <laughs> it's Bullet Train Sunday, Justin. No, that, 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 that's when the slander's allowed. Oh. No. <laughs> Bullet Train Slander Sunday. Oh. <laughs> 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 just so sad. <laughs> Have you seen Bullet Train, uh, Hunter? Uh, yeah, it, it was, uh... It was, it was pretty good. It was a, I thought it was pretty funny. Not perfect, but yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> that has been our episode. <laughs> Thank <Fun> you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time when we talk about something. And thank you, uh, Hunter, for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, bye-bye now. <laughs> <laughs>